Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Pulse of the Region brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. The Alliance is an investor-based economic development partnership focused on business development and growth, retaining and attracting jobs and talent, ensuring a strong urban core with our Hartford Chamber of Commerce and promoting the Hartford Region. I'm your host, Brian Boyer, Chief Marketing Officer at the Alliance. You can learn more and as always, invest today at MetroHartford.com. We also have two show sponsors. Uh, we want to uh, acknowledge their uh, sponsorship of the show each week. Connecticut Center for Advanced Technology, Inc., also known as CCAT, is a nonprofit corporation leading regional and national partnerships to help manufacturers, academia, government, and nonprofit organizations excel. You can learn more at CCAT.us and also Oak Hill, empowering people with disabilities. Oak Hill sets the standard, partnering with people with disabilities to provide services and solutions promoting independence, education, health, and dignity. You can learn more at oakhillct.org. Well, as we uh, start to approach the holiday season, it is the uh, a time of uh, of giving, and unfortunately, sometimes we're giving each other germs. A lot of germs out there right now. It's cold. It's winter, and uh, the flu is uh, on a lot of people's minds. So today, we're going to talk about uh, not only uh, influenza, which as I said, I'm not going to say influenza the whole time. We're going to say flu. That's how most people know it, but it's called influenza. We're going to talk about uh, the flu and how you can prevent it, how you can keep your family safe, because there's a lot of a lot of dangers, uh, a lot of dangers to it. And then we're going to talk a little bit about open enrollment. Uh, it's that time of year again, too, where we all have to make our decisions on how we protect our families uh, from the healthcare side of things. So we're thrilled today uh, to have uh, Dr. Wayne Rollins, Vice President and Chief Medical Officer at Connecticut. Uh, again. Dr. Rollins is the uh, the, the the flu uh, expert. Yes, not, not too many of those around. A lot of flu. We, we need we need a, we need an expert on, on, on flu season. So we're going to talk about that. And then, um, if you have any confusion, which I'm sure nobody ever has any confusion about open enrollment, but we're going to talk about that today. Make it very very clear for you. Going to try to make it as easy as possible for you. Uh, we have director of retail operations also at Connecticut, Lori Blair, and I want to thank you both for uh, being on the show today. Thank, thank you. you, Brian. Very timely topic, and I also want to thank you all, and. Uh, we do a lot of work with uh, with Eric uh, Eric Alvin and uh, Connecticut. You guys are a tremendous partner uh, with the Alliance, so we uh, we appreciate that, and we're always thrilled to have you guys on here. And um, I guess Lori, you're you're going to give us the background on Connecticut. People have heard of you. We know people know Connecticut, but give us a little bit of background on the company. So we are a healthcare organization that has been in Connecticut for about 35 years, and most of our employees live and work obviously here in the state of Connecticut. So we are neighbors with our members and. We provide health care for groups as well as individuals, and we have a lot of wellness programs that we offer for our members, and we do a lot for the community here in, in Connecticut. I know you guys do a ton, we, and as I said, we've had Eric on a ton of times to talk about all the work that you're doing, so we, we appreciate not only uh, all of this health care, but you know, everything that you do in the community, and obviously, again, your, your partnership with the, uh, with the Alliance and some of our initiatives. Uh, Lori, let's talk about Director of Retail Operations. Talk a little bit about your role, and how did you get into this field? So I've actually been with Connecticut for 25 years, and most recently we opened up our retail centers, which they are face-to-face environment to help individuals with their healthcare needs and to guide them through 
um, choosing a plan that's right for their family, helping them with service once they have enrolled in a plan. So we have six centers around the state right now, um, Manchester, Waterbury, Newington, Farmington, um, Norwalk, and Bridgeport. So you can come on in. We can help you with your health care needs. I actually was the director of customer service for about 15 years at Connecticut, and this was just a natural transition for me. Um, I'm very passionate about our customers and very passionate about the organization and, and helping people. So this was a natural fit for me. Well, it's good to get to know you more, and we'll, we'll get to know you more as the show goes on as well. Thank you. And, uh, Dr. Rollins, let's talk to you now and as uh, vice president and chief medical officer at Connecticut. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role and, and your background as well. We'd like to get to know you a little bit more. Sure. Um, grew up in Manchester, went to University of Connecticut for undergraduate and medical school. Came back here after residency to work in the East Hartford, Manchester area in practice of general internal medicine for about nearly 15 years. Then went to Aetna and about four years ago came to Connecticut because I wanted to really do something local where I live and where my family is. That's great. And, and how did you, what, what made you decide? Where did you do your residency and what made you decide to come back to Connecticut? Residency was in internal medicine, upstate New York in Rochester. And Connecticut is where family and friends are. So we, we came back. Well, we're glad you're back. You know, the, and, and the tone, you know, whenever, whenever you ask somebody, like, why they decide to come back to Connecticut, you always have to be very careful with the tone. Because 15 years ago, why did you come back to Connecticut? And today it's like, oh, like, why did you come back to Connecticut? It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a much, it's a much different meaning with the tone and, and the, the, uh, the conversation and the dialogue around why Hartford ha- has uh, so much to offer has really changed. And we will talk a, a little bit about that. But let's get into, uh, let's get into the flu. flu it's, it's flu season. Yes, we're, we're actually there now. Uh, I know that you can hear the you can hear the kids screaming in the doctor's offices when they're getting their flu shots, and some of the adults too. Um, but let's talk about the flu. It's 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 miserable. We've all I think we've pretty much all had it. Um, what is it exactly? I mean, we know we feel terrible. We know the symptoms, but what is what is seasonal influenza? Exactly? Seasonal influenza is a contagious viral illness. Influenza, commonly known as the flu, so we can call it either way. Don't have to worry about saying influenza twenty five times. Today. Thank you. <laughs> But um, it can cause a mild to severe illness, just like you said, usually infects or affects the throat, the uh, nose, and the lungs, and can be very, very serious for some people. Now, we, we've all known, we've all heard of the flu shot, and it's recommended, you know, some people are, are against, you know, the, the shots, and I know we're going to talk a little bit about it. I know you're on the National uh, Vaccine Advisory Committee as well, so I want to talk about that later. But you recommend that everyone have a flu shot, yes? The Should recommendation, everyone? not just of me, but the uh, CDC, is that everyone Six, um, six months older or and older has a flu shot. Um, it's the most important thing you can do, not just to protect yourself, but also to protect your loved ones and the people you work with. So I always find it odd. Okay, so you, you go, you get your flu shot, and then it, it kind of you have you kind of have symptoms of the flu. Uh, is that's accurate, right? I want to make sure I'm, I'm I'm saying that. So, and and I know I've I've heard the explanation before, but I, people I think people still wonder like why am I going to get a flu shot if it's going to make me not feel well? But what is, what is that all about? It's kind of the uh, the antibodies, or how does that work? You're right. I guess okay. you've been to medical school. Too. I must have. No, no, <laughs> I'll leave it to the experts. <laughs> Typically, when you get a flu shot, you can have um, some redness and soreness where they give the shot, but also you can have a mild flu-like illness as your body's building up that resistance and immunity to the flu when it comes. Okay, so that's that's why we and then our arm hurts afterwards because you had yeah. that shot and the kids scream. It's always fun to uh, to do that, but you know we we hear these these horror stories sometimes, and there are there are different variations of the flu. I mean, there are some people have it a little. I mean, is there such a thing? The flu is always bad, but there are worse cases than others. Is yeah, that, is that correct? Yeah, and they can sometimes be dangerous. So one of the reasons why we you know and and again we were talking about having a, a whole show on the flu, and we're gonna talk about other things as well. But 
it's it's an important topic because there's actually a danger involved here too. Especially, you know, you talk about younger kids. I mean, six months and up. So you're talking about babies. You're talking about infants. You're talking about um, probably older older people as well. So as far as you know, we all need to be aware of this. But there are actually cases where it, it can cause death. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm every that, year about thirty thousand Americans die die of influenza. In Connecticut last year, about 75, 78 people died from influenza in this state alone. So it's really important because people who are at risk for dangerous things that happen in flu, you really want to make sure they're addressed and vaccinated as soon as possible. And those people are usually folks we say on the extremes of life. As you said, babies, young, young children, and older folks over the age of 65, pregnant women, People with chronic diseases like diabetes, chronic obstructive lung disease, heart disease, and asthma, as well as people who have weakened immune systems anyways, people that may have cancer or being treated for cancer or have HIV-AIDS disease. So those populations you really want to address as aggressively as possible. So, you know, we, we all, again, we always hear these, these horror stories, and, and that's obviously what you're talking about is, is, the, is extreme. And I know that when you get the flu shot, that doesn't necessarily... I think there's this, this preconceived notion that people, if I get a flu shot, I will not get the flu. But that's not true. You can still get the flu, right? So people shouldn't be angry at their doctor if they go to get a flu shot and then they still get the flu. That can still happen. Correct. But how, flu, how does that happen? Though? The flu shot minimizes your risk. And there's a few things that ha- can happen around the flu. The first thing is that you could have a cold, which could mimic the flu, and the flu shot isn't going to help you with a cold. The second thing, if you get a flu shot today, but you're exposed to the flu tomorrow. It takes a few weeks for you to build up that immunity. So you could still get the flu right after you got a flu shot because you're exposed. And problematically, some years, the flu virus changes or mutates, we say, between the time that they develop the flu shot and the time the circulating flu happens about six months later. So all those things may be playing into it. So many many of our listeners have, have kids and they're in school. Um, whether it could be elementary school, it could be college, um, but you know you're in environments where it's disgusting the amount of germs that are out there. Probably, I can only imagine what a classroom would look like if you actually saw the germs in there. But uh, when we send for those of us that have kids, and you send our kids, we send our kids off to school. What can we do to aside from just the shot itself? But what what can we do to make sure that they're protected? You know, so again, it can it can be dangerous. We just we don't want to see our kids in bed for two weeks. We don't want to see our obviously if if it gets really dangerous. But what can we do as 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 parents? to make sure to ensure that our kids are, are uh, maximize the chance that they'll stay healthy at least. Well, kids or, or us. I mean, I think the most important thing is to wash your hands. Soap and water kills most germs, including flu viruses. If you don't have soap and water, alcohol-based hand gels and whatnot can help. Um, cover your cough or your cold. Don't cough and sneeze on people. Um, flu virus and other viruses can live on hard surfaces like tables. So you want to clean them off, especially if you're around children in classrooms. You'd like to make sure they're clean. Um, the other thing you can do is obviously avoid sick people because if they're sick, you can get the illness from them. As far as people who travel, because a lot of people at the Alliance, they travel. We have our, all of our, uh, our great uh, corporations and organizations here, and you're on an airplane, which, again, the thought of being on an airplane this time of year is, is just brutal. But um, Anything, I mean, you know, sanitizers or handy wipes or you can't avoid it because there could be, I have to admit, was, several years ago, I, I was in D.C. and I flew back. Um, I was living in D.C. and I flew back to Connecticut and I found out after after the flight that I had the flu. I, I still feel, I still want to go back and apologize to everybody on that plane. But, you know, there's going to be that one person that knows they have the flu. I didn't know. 
they know they have the flu and they're still getting on that plane. So, what, do you, what do you do? So you were that guy. I was that guy, all but right. I didn't know all it right. though. Right. I just didn't. I didn't know it. It was. Uh, it, it was brutal because I felt like I was hallucinating when I got off the plane. But um, I, I, I think you were right. The thing yeah. you should do is, if you can carry the sanitary wipes with you, clean the surfaces that people touch. So your seatbelt, the um, um, back of the seat, the um, tray table that comes down, as well as a hand rest, because that's where people's hands get. And typically, if you're coughing or sneezing, you're going to do it into your hand, and then you're going to touch something and transfer those germs to things that you touch. So clean off things that people touch, and it will decrease your risk of getting an infection. I honestly then I realized that there's this much detail in, in the flu. This, this must keep you busy. Let me ask you this. I've, I've heard different things that, you know, as far as weather goes and, and the time of the seasons, and this is, this is flu season. And obviously people associate bad weather, snow, being outside in cold weather with, with getting sick. Um, but is, is that actually true? Like, why, why is this, why is this flu season? Is it because of the weather? Is it because like, why, why is that? Why is there an actual, why isn't it in, in August? In, in North America, flu season usually starts in late fall and peaks between December and February. And that's just how the cycle of flu goes through the world. But one of the reasons, and you got to it, uh, um, that people may have higher risk of respiratory illnesses in the winter is because we're inside all the time. We're next to each other always in contact. We're not out in the fresh air walking around like, like in the summertime or the spring or fall. So that does increase the risk as well as the fact that flu just happens in North America at this time of the year. So if you were in Australia, it would be happening before now. So if we were in Australia having this conversation, you'd be saying, why is the flu happening in, in the summertime? Interesting. That's interesting. And people, in, people in Australia are always happy. Isn't that, isn't that the place where people are always happy? I have all these kids' books where they're happy in Australia. There's a, there's that, book, that's so. what I hear. But we're also happy in, in Connecticut, too, because we have great leaders like, like you and, and Connecticut. So um, I just want to ask you, I want, I want to pivot over to uh, open enrollment in a second here, but I do just want to ask you, you know, there are a lot of people now, parents, when it comes to their kids who are reluctant to, you know, for vaccines and, and whatnot. Um, but you can say that anybody who might be saying, I don't want to, I don't want my kid to get a shot. It's just an extra shot they have to get. I don't want that. But the flu vaccine is safe, correct? I mean, there's nothing that can, I mean, it, it doesn't prevent you necessarily from getting the flu, but there's no danger in, in going to get a flu shot, correct? The flu vaccine is completely safe. It's been tested over and over and over again. And what I would tell the people who are reluctant to get a flu shot, again, 30,000 Americans die every year. That death could be minimized or prevented just by getting a simple shot. So I think you have to look at the balance of things. Absolutely. Risk, risk reward. I mean, yeah. it, it seems like it's uh, this really, it, it's fascinating. And, and I want to try to hopefully get back to a few more questions for you um, in, in a few minutes, Dr. Rollins, but let's uh, Lori, let's talk to you a little bit more now about um, open enrollment sure. and um, the process. You know, we talk about the flu and sometimes the process of open enrollment can make you ill. But not with you guys, right? Because you guys make no, it easy. No, not at all. We make it so easy well, for you to enroll into a health plan. That's good, and, and a lot, a lot, a lot of companies are, are are doing that now. We have to make we have to make sure all, all of our investors. Are yes, happy of with us course. Well. We can't just single out Kinetic Care, but um, but we are talk, the best. It, it's that time of year. <laughs> it's that time of year. Um, we talk about open enrollment. Yes. What is open enrollment? Just talk a little bit about the. Process. So open enrollment is the time where you can enroll into a new health plan. So there are certain times of the year where you can start looking and choosing a health plan. This is the time. So for Medicare, it's October 15th through December 7th. And for individual, it is November 1st through December 15th. So we're in full swing right now and very busy. What happens if somebody misses that? Is there If you they, miss that period, you are out of luck until the next enrollment period, which is next fall. With the exception, if you have a qualifying event in your family. So if you lose your job or you get divorced, something like that, 
then you can enroll into a health plan outside of open enrollment, but you have 60 days to do that. Interesting. Okay. So the whole, uh, the whole process of picking a plan that's mm-hmm. right for you, whether you're an individual, whether you have a family. That's right. How do we, as consumers, because that's really what this is about. This is about being mm-hmm. a consumer here. Uh, how do we know which plan is best for us? How do we learn? How do we educate ourselves? How are you educating people? Because it, it sometimes it, it can be confusing. To, it's to it's very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And and plus, especially with the cost of healthcare and and whatnot, um, which is a whole different show. But talk about how people can educate themselves and how you're helping mm-hmm. educate people to make sure that they pick the right mm-hmm. plan for themselves. So there's a lot of different things you should look at when you're looking for a plan for your family. Um, you really have to look at what are the health needs, right, that you and your family need. Are your doctors, you have preferred doctors that you want to see, hospitals, pharmacies. So you need to look at all of that when you're trying to choose a plan that those doctors and those hospitals and, and the entities that you use are on that plan. If you're on certain medications, so if you have certain illnesses and you're on medication, you always want to check to make sure that's covered, um, certain procedures. So what you have now and your healthcare needs may change over the year, right? You Something happens, you might get cancer or, or some sort of chronic illness, and you want to make sure you're on the right plan. So this is the time to do that. You can come into the Connecticut centers. You can go on websites. We have chooseconnecticut.com, Access Health Connecticut, you know, the Connecticut marketplace to choose a plan. Um, their call center, our call center, we're all there for you to help you choose a plan and walk you through all of this. If you come into one of our centers, we'll sit down with you, take the time that you need, look over all your medications, check your doctors, make sure that everything you need is going to be covered under that plan, as well as talk about the cost differences, because that's really important, like you just mentioned. Um, healthcare costs can be can be expensive, and you want to make sure that you have the right plan, but also that the cost is is there for your family, what you need. Um, it's affordable for you. It's, it, is, is it, it's in everybody's best interest, obviously, to, to, to stay healthy. That's right. And I know Connecticut, you guys are great advocates of, mm-hmm. of staying healthy and being proactive with, with health. Um, how does that play? You know, as you said, things do change. I mean, you might be you might be really healthy uh, at, at the beginning of the open enrollment, and, and it's like you just never know what, what will happen mm-hmm. uh, down there. How does how does one adjust? I mean, if, if you pick a plan and then something that you couldn't you could not have forecast happen happens to you, how do you how does that work? Um, is there any way that you uh, you can't change plans? Obviously, you cannot change. So plans. How, how do you work within the scope of what you've cho- you've chosen? But we have so um, so many doctors and, and hospitals in our plan. I mean, all the hospitals in the state of Connecticut, um, many doctors to choose from, all experts in their field, obviously, or they wouldn't be on our plan. And um, it's not that it wouldn't be covered. Um, it's just that we have to walk through the proper procedures and, and everything that we need to do to make sure that you get the care that you need. And that's what we're there for, to help you through that. That's reassuring, um, very reassuring. And, and I guess my, my other question is, how has... The whole open enrollment process, and again, as a consumer, because I remember a time, mm-hmm. I feel I'm, I'm I'm dating myself when I say this, but I remember a time going to the doctor, and um, you know, I go to the doctor, and it was it was, it was like, eh, here's ten, here's my ten dollar copay, I can just pretty much go whenever I want. Mm-hmm. And now I feel like I feel like as a consumer, now we have to be a lot more strategic um, because it's not it's no longer so much of the copays; it's I now have these deductibles and mm-hmm. and. and I, and you have to educate yourself, right? And, and so you have yourself. to know. Yes. So how, how do we do that? I mean, how do again? Like, so there are times where I'm reluctant to go to the doctor. It's yes. nothing, obviously. Yes. Well, and, and that's what we're there for to help you yeah. navigate through that system and and through everything that you need to know. I've like I said, I've been at Connecticut for 25 years, and sometimes there's things that come up that I say, "Wait, what?" You know, it, it it's so complicated, and we're in this industry, and sometimes it's hard for us to follow. So that's why we're there. You know. Connecticut centers, our customer service center, all of us here at Connecticut, like I mentioned before, Access Health, 
They are the experts. We are the experts. And we can walk you through all of that. Making sure you understand when you're choosing a plan what your deductible is, what your co-pays are, what is it going to cost you and your family, and and navigate through that whole system, and we can coach you through that and help you. And ongoing throughout the year. It's not that we sell you a plan and say, okay, goodbye, good luck to you, because that's not who we are. So we are always there to help you through that process. And if something comes up and something changes in your health or with your family, we are there to help you get through that. So I have to ask, and I, and I will, full transparency, I acknowledge that this might be a little bit of a boring question, but I think it's really important because as we start to go through this process, we need all these different documents and we need to make sure that we have everything in place because we don't mm-hmm. want to have to make multiple trips. So as we're, as we're starting to organize ourselves because, you know, hey, tax time is going to be coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different things that we're organizing this time mm-hmm. of year, right? Yes. New Year's resolutions. We all want to be more organized. Yes. What, what do people need to have in place to make sure that they are prepared for the open enrollment process? So when you are trying to enroll into one of the plans, you have to make sure you have your identification available. So Social Security number, um, any pertinent immigration documents, if that's the case for you and your family. Um, your most recent tax returns, employer information if you are employed, and current insurance coverage. So when you come in to one of our centers and sit with one of our associates, they'll go through all of that with you, and they'll make sure that you have all the information you need, um, scan all your documents in to Access Health if that's the case, if you're going with one of the plans, the qualified health plans through Access Health. And if there's something that you forgot or something that you didn't bring in, um, we'll make a list for you, let you know what you need. We actually have a checklist that we give out to our customers to let them know everything that, that they need to bring with them. And then you can um, drop them off, send them in, and we'll work all of that out with you with Access Health and make sure that you can get on a qualified health plan. So it sounds like you have a lot of, uh, you and, and Connecticut Care, there are a lot of different touch points yes. with the with the custom, with customers. Mm-hmm. And what, what kind of trends have you noticed as far as, how, how have things changed? What are you hearing from people as far as what their needs are now compared to maybe what they were, you know, 10 or 15 years ago? Are they, are they, are they different? Are they the same? Are you hearing things? I, I, I really need this as part of my plan now? Or well, how I, have things changed? Yeah, I really think people are more focused on wellness and health and staying healthy. You know, 20, 30 years ago, I mean, how many people smoked, right? Um, you know, different things have happened over the years and we're very health conscious. And as an organization, we really promote that. So um, one of the things that we do in our Connecticut centers, um, our Manchester Center and our Waterbury Center, we have free exercise classes. We have free educational seminars about health and wellness. And also we have educational seminars on how to navigate your plan. Well, now I've got this health plan. What do I do now? Right. So how to do self-service on the website? How did you get your ID card? Do you know what you have to do the first time you go to your doctor's visit, your wellness visits, what's covered, you know, all those type of things. But I think it's just very different than it was, you know, 20, 30 years ago. People really want to be healthy and and live longer and be there for their grandchildren and great grandchildren. And I think that's what we promote. I, I think one of the things that I've noticed and, and I, tell me if I'm, I'm correct or, or incorrect on this, but I think t- uh, technology has also played a role as far Absolutely. as I mean, people can access now, now with with apps and going on to, I mean, you don't even have to talk to anyone if you don't want to. You can Absolutely. simply go online. So can you just talk a little bit about how Kinetic Care sort of leverages technology to make the customer experience easier? Absolutely. So our websites that we have currently today um, are very, very self-sufficient. Members can go on the website. They can do a lot of things themselves. Um, they can see where they are within um, their claims um, system. They can see their benefits. They can check on anything. They can see their um, doctor's visits, um, their medications. They can actually go on to the site and, and test if a medication is going to be covered, what's it going to cost them. And also they have, you know, we have what's um, the Teladoc WebMD where they can just go online and have that interaction over the website, you know, common cold or maybe I have a rash or something like that. And um, they don't even have to leave their home and go to the doctor's office. So that's one way that we've really moved forward in technology. 
That's fantastic. And it's just becoming such an innovative field. Healthcare. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. As so many fields but it's progress. dangerous, too, yeah. because I know mm-hmm. me. I go online and I diagnose myself all the time. Dr. Rollins doesn't want to hear that. That's but dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. You know, there's so much at our fingertips. So, it can, you know, it goes either way, I think, right now. But it's best to talk to the experts and speak to your physicians. So. You can actually have an ailment, not you, but one can have an ailment every single week if they really choose to. Oh, they go to absolutely. The internet, uh, you know, oh, stomach I, hurts, everything. my shoulder hurts, I have, my, my, oh. I have a headache. Oh, yeah. You know, you know, many people, I, I've, I've, they think they have, you know, some, this, some, some, some horrible disease and, you know, it was just they were dehydrated. Absolutely. I mean, you know, so, uh, but, but it's true. But, but it's still good to have those resources. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, and, and flu shots are covered? Yes, so they are then. covered. And I was that. saying to Dr. Rollins yesterday, I get a flu shot every year. Last year, running around, too busy, didn't get it. Seven days flat. I literally was out. So it is really, really important, everything that he talked about. Very important question. Have you both had your flu shots yet this year? I have. Definitely. I have. have to practice what you preach. I was going to say, that's good. That's good. I have not. I'm gonna, I have to go. I will never do that again. No, I'm Get doing it. I'm doing shot. it. It's this, this week and I'm doing it. Today I'm, is I'm, a we wonderful brought day them to here. do it. Today, if, I, if, my, if not today, then when, right? <laughs> exactly. So uh, I want to go back to, uh, that's all. That's, this is great information. So going back to the flu. And one thing, I, I, Dr. Rollins, I want to ask you was that, you know, it's not preventable. We can't prevent necessarily getting the flu. But once we have the flu, people sit in bed and you're just, sometimes you just feel like, you know, we talked about, unfortunately, that can be dangerous, but sometimes you feel like you feel like death in your bed. Is there anything that you can do once you have the flu that can maybe you can get better a little bit sooner? Is there any, any suggestions that you have that once you do have it, maybe I can get rid of it in, within a week or at, instead of being out of commission for two weeks or something like that? There's two avenues. One is to do what your grandmother said. Go to bed, fluids, rest, um, and avoid passing disease to sick people, and you will do exactly what we talked about. You'll be sick for about five to seven to a couple of weeks. But there are antiviral medicines, not antibiotics, because antibiotics don't affect or kill viruses, but antiviral medicines can. And there are several on the market right now that if you take them within the first 24 to 48 hours of having symptoms, they can lower the severity and the time or duration of the influenza. But Call your doctor because they're not for everyone, and they do take a prescription. So some of the traditional things that people talk about, their myths, like, you know, shot of, shot of something, probably not a great idea. Avoid <laughs> that. I know as a medical professional, you can't say that, but there are some things that seem to be done in, like, the 50s where, like, oh, they worked, but, you know, Bro, probably you, now. You may prob- feel good temporarily. <laughs> I don't know what they'll do with the flu, though. Absolutely. Um, and, and Dr. Rollins, I know you're on the National Vaccine Advisory Committee. And that's probably a full show. We're, we're starting to wind down here. But but what, what can you tell us a little bit about your role in that and, and what the committee is? Because, again, vaccines and, and people's people, all these people have different opinions about vaccines, different vaccines and whether they're good or bad. But what, what's, what's the work that you do on sure. that? Sure. I, I had served on the National Vaccine Advisory Committee for a number of years. I came off a couple of years ago. But the National Vaccine Advisory Committee is a group of experts that advises the Assistant Secretary of Health at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services about vaccine policy and strategy around vaccine-preventable diseases in the United States. So our, uh, you know, again, I don't want to, we're going to shift a little bit here. We are starting to wind down. But vaccines, you were talked about the flu, you know, the flu vaccine. And are, are vaccines, uh, they're safe. I mean, are, should people be concerned about that? Because there's that whole ethical now, that whole ethical issue now where people, I, I, my kids, I don't get my kids vaccinated and for, for this, that, or the other. There's what, rubella and measles and all these things that you thought were, you know, were maybe not as prevalent today as they were, but you still have to have those shots. Are they safe? I mean, can we, I asked you about the flu shot. Are these shots safe for people? Just about every credible expert believes that vaccines are safe. Um, certainly you can have side effects with any type of medication. One of the worries that you're getting to is as people vaccinate children less, 
you lose what's called a herd immunity. And the herd immunity protects people who can't be vaccinated, babies, people with cancer, people who are elderly or have chronic diseases that may get sick with those vaccine-preventable diseases and die. So there's a number of deaths from children, of children from pertussis that have happened out west. People are dying from measles. Measles is a disease that was eradicated five or ten years ago, and now it's coming back because people are not vaccinating their children. So people are having those vaccine-preventable diseases. They're getting sick and sometimes dying from things that are completely preventable by just a simple shot. That's, really, that's fascinating. And mm. it's really, it's interesting that, did you want to add something to that? Mm-hmm. Or, so no, let me ask you both just real quick, we have about a minute left, but uh, the future of healthcare in Connecticut, which is a big topic, but where do you see, um, you know, we talked about the flu today, but just generally, as far as, as healthcare goes, Connecticut will play a key role in, in, in going forward. Um, you know, we're the insurance capital of the world uh, here in Connecticut, here in Hartford. And there's, there's obviously a lot, uh, a lot to talk about, but where do you sort of see, um, let's, let's go back to open enrollment and where do you sort of see, that going over the next, you know, several years. You know, we talked about technology. We talked about uh, mm-hmm. needs changing. We talked about there could be different diseases that that, that are found. How mm-hmm. how will, how will uh, what happens here in Connecticut kind of affect the consumers um, going forward over the next uh, several years? Are we are we look are we doing business the same way or do it differently? Um, I think it's always going to be changing. I think that the consumer, all of us, need to stay educated and and have that knowledge and experience. We can't just sit back anymore. We're not the healthcare industry we used to be of ten dollar copay, walk in, walk out. So you have I to enjoy edu- that. Actually. I did that too. Awesome. I really did. Yeah. Um, but you know, it, things are changing. Um, the industry's changing. The the world is changing, right? So we just have to make sure that we are all educated and knowledgeable and know what the right plan is, know what our needs are for our family, and make the educated decision moving forward. And get your flu shot. And get Today. your flu shot. Definitely. Absolutely. Don't wait. There's no reason to not get it. It is Definitely. safe and affordable, and Connecticut has, has you covered on that. That's so, right. Uh, you guys are great. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in and, uh, and talking about this issue. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Uh, Wayne Rollins and uh, Lori uh, Blair. I said it right. See, I wrote you that. That's why I said, said it right. It right. Um, Thank you. From Connecticut, great partner of the Alliance and a great contributor to the healthcare community and the community at large here. Uh, in uh, in Greater Hartford and the Hartford region, so we appreciate that. I want to thank uh, thank you for being with us. We'll get you back on. Thank you. Uh, maybe in the spring, we're we're all healthy, right? Because we'll yeah, be past thank you for season. having us. Uh, Sounds good. Want to thank our sponsors, Seacat uh, and Oak Hill, and thank you for listening to Pulse of the Region, brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.